Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we recap day one of training camp and we rebel against Derek Lalone's will. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Uh, I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio. Well, Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News and host of Lockdown Tigers. Also a guy who does really stupid things with his hands during the uh, intro sequence. Because I can see them. He cannot see me, but I can see him. And uh, I don't know what you were doing there. I have no clue what you're even talking about. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today's going to be a simple episode, guys. We're day one of training camp happened on Thursday, and we're going to talk about it. They talked to coaches, they talked to players, and we're going to talk about the things that they talked about. Pretty, I'm pretty so straightforward. Amped. I'm so amped. Oh, I mean, there was some great video that came out of training camp. I mean, let's start off with that, first of all. Soderblom? Yeah, let's start off with Soderblom. Soderblom? Galley. Nice little backhand action. Top shelf, mom's piece of peanut butter right there. Listen, and again, it's training camp, but we are so deprived for hockey that we we look at this little camp and we go, that's a hard trophy winner right there. (laughs) Here he comes. Man, that play was nasty. Objectively, that play was nasty. I don't care. You're not gonna, you're not gonna contain me. That that play was filthy. Um, yeah, and they they talked about some of the quotes that'll come out of it that I'm sure we'll get to. Was like Larkin and Burt were both really impressed by him and like named him. And like, yeah, like looks really impressive. That video is so crazy. So, yeah, so go look at it's on both of our personal twitters. I don't know if it's on the Wings one, but golly, man, I like what a what a play. Well, and again, first day of training camp, like every whatever, people are going fifty percent, whatnot, whatever. Objectively, looked looked dang nice. He, well, okay, he's huge, okay. but he's massive. If Soderbaum's fifty percent is that much better than those guys' fifty percent, that's still a pretty well, wide margin. Yeah, but then skill. you start getting into like maybe that was Soderbaum's eighty, and everyone else is forty. Like, okay, that's but like, does that fit your narrative, Scotty? Cool. Correct. Yeah. The narrative, the narrative, that's all that matters. We're in training camp. All that matters is the narrative. No, but for real though, he, he looks really nice. And I think I need him getting significant minutes in Grand Rapids. That's I've decided. That's what I need this year. I need him to be getting a legitimate look in GR this season. And even, you know, if he's just lights it up like crazy and you want to talk like end of the season, whatever, then that's a different conversation for, for, you know, the, the wings. But I think that that is what I have decided that I need. I need him. At, doesn't matter. Not opening night, end of the season, whatever. At some point this year, I need him getting a legitimate look and legitimate playing time in Grand Rapids. I think that's a very reasonable thing to ask for. And I think that's what is probably going to happen. I think he's going to be getting legitimate from, from day one. If he's not on the NHL roster, he's going to be getting legitimate playing time at Grand Rapids. Um, Listen, I don't know, man, because again, not trying to get too (laughs) excited. Don't go crazy on me. Don't go crazy on me. I'm going wild, man. (laughs) So the video was tweeted out by Brad Galley of channel seven. He, he recorded it. 
Uh, he tweeted it out, and it's a fantastic. It's a three-on-three skirmish in the in one zone, and Soderblom single-handedly possessed the puck. You remember a couple years ago when Gustav Nyquist circled the zone in overtime against the Ottawa Senators like yeah. three times before he scored? It was in that essence where Soderblom was just going around the outside, maintained possession, was able to outmuscle opponent easily outmuscle oppo- uh, his opponents. Arm. That's literally what it looked like. He just went <laughs> and then the stick right out. He cut in front of the net, and then he just simply backhanded. And my favorite part of the whole sequence isn't him possessing the puck or him scoring the goal, but after he scores, watching Bertuzzi and Larkin, arms up in the air because they're on the same team, skate up to him and hug him, and just looking at the height difference. Legitimately, Larkin and Bertuzzi looked like children compared to him. (laughs) He looked huge, dog. He was massive. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. Oh. We've we've seen highlights in the Swedish hockey league of 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 what he's got working for him, but it seems as if and again this is just training camp, so you don't want to take too much away from it. And as excited as I am over the sixth round pick and how he has developed, you know you, you got to make sure you you stay objective. And this is just training camp, but the fact that at training camp he's out muscling and outperforming other guys to this degree with his side, like we finally get to see on North American ice that for the first time him combine his size his hands and his uh agility in one package and just watched him dominate again 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 day one of training camp so i'm like trying not to get too excited but like listen i'm watching that and you know did i get a little excited i got a lot excited yeah, I, <laughs> I got a lot more than a little uh, <laughs> it's exciting to see because one it's it's that whole diamond in the rough mentality right he's he was a sixth round pick from the Detroit Red Wings and now look at him he's one of the most excited exciting prospects to look at and then maybe there's a little bit of an underdog thing working there with him being a sixth round pick but well, I mean he's, he's also a unicorn he's, he's a unicorn nine feet tall and skates like a forward like yeah it's he's gonna be sick like he, he stands out he's gonna be awesome to watch like uh, yeah, that, that really riled me up right quick. I, I was yeah. uh, that, That's a really nice play by him. Did everything really well. And, I, yeah, I can't wait to – I hope he gets, like, a, maybe a little bit more of a serious look than we originally anticipated maybe even in the preseason. Well, listen, know. now Lucas Raymond was the fourth overall pick, so I'm not trying to compare Lucas Raymond to Elmer Soderblom. Or Elder, Elmer Soder Bloom. I think it's actually Soder Bloom. I'm hearing, but I think you're right. the The fact of the matter is, is Lucas Raymond came into the training camp last year and didn't wasn't expected to make the team. Outperformed everyone and made the team. Played top line minutes. Now again, sixth round pick to first round pick, vastly different expectations. Well, they also like but, piranha injury. And, yeah, and but it can happen. So yeah, if if he comes out as a phenomenal preseason is really where it's going to happen during the exhibition games. That's when we'll really find out like how close is he? Cause right now it's training camp, but that was exciting to see. Um, Absolutely. We, we got a ton of quotes to get through. Thank you to Daniela Bruce for live. All the beat so writers of these rushed it, man. Yeah. yeah. Daniela Bruce was great. Bowling obviously was solid. Um, yeah. Everybody, everybody was crushing it. Ted Coughlin. Um, so Let's see. What's the first quote I should get to here? Um, Just pick one, man. Pick a fun one. I know. There's Pick a fun one? I don't know how well, to be okay. fun. I, was, I, was, I don't know. Just pick one. <laughs> Say something. <laughs> Are, <laughs> the pressure's too much now. Uh, 
Derek Lalonde spoke highly of David Perron's desire to push practice and bring the energy. Said he thinks Perron will bring a lot of that to the team. Which, I mean, David Perron played on, we'll get to the lines later, but he played on a second line opposite of Jacob Vrana, which is really exciting to see. And that's going to be a lethal scoring line if that ends up being what the lines are going for. There's going to be a lot of juggling in the um, first few days of camp here. And we're not going to get the line lines hammered out until, you know, the season actually gets started. But David Perron bringing that veteran presence. I mean, he's loved on every single team he plays on. That's why he was an alternate captain for the Vegas Golden Knights. That's what you want to see out of a a, um, veteran such as David Perron as he comes in and he pushes it and he wants to get these guys going. Yeah, and he was someone that really was brought up quite a lot in quotes and in questions and uh, just like around the facility today, he was, he was somebody that a lot of the writers and reporters were saying like, Hey, he looks really good. Yeah. And also like just looked, I mean like that, that one picture of him smiling, right. Is like his new profile picture on Twitter and whatnot. But uh, he, they, they had talked to him directly and he just could not contain his excitement about how pumped he was for the season and uh, how, how excited he was to be a part of the team and whatnot. So I think, uh, oh, I'm just so excited. <laughs> I'm so pumped. Yeah, no, that he was definitely one of the biggest stories. His name got brought up a lot as somebody who looked really sharp day one. Um, I got a really good quote about what today's focus was on from Alex and Elkovich, and I'm going to okay. read that to you. Uh, but first, I got to talk to everyone about Bet Online. That's right, it's that time of the episode. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline where the game starts segment two lockdown red wings podcast so when asked when some when alex adelkovich was asked about what today's focus on in this game or in this day one of training camp he said that the focus was on d zone coverage and managing the puck and that sounds so small and i know every team does it but to have that be the day one focus I think uh, <laughs> says a lot about what Lalonde thinks this team needs to work on. Now that's just, again, that is my interpretation. The that's the thing is like, I'm interpreting it that way, but it's a true thing. Sure. The defense was very poor last year. Yeah, you should interpret it that way. Yeah. He came in, came in into the first day. He, the, the whole team is in the room together. He said, all right, this is what we're working on. Yeah. I would say that that's, that's probably a, a, a sign yeah, no, it was something that was that this team really struggled with last year and something that we're trying to improve on. And obviously the personnel they brought in was a big step in the right direction to improve that. But yeah, now we are here. Now it's game time. We're on the ice. Yes, he he, he should. I agree that that is what should have been the first thing that, uh, that, that they worked on as well. So, And then when they asked Dylan Larkin about uh, the season and whatnot, one, he said, I don't see myself playing anywhere, which I think is probably code for stop asking me about my contract situation because it's been talked to death and he probably gets asked about it to death yeah he he, he definitely gets asked about it like every single day but yeah. um yeah like you can just very clearly tell that like both sides want uh, 
like this this is not a even a story like this is this both sides want him to be here he's gonna be here it's just like until it actually pen hits paper they're gonna keep talking about it but like two years from now we're not gonna be like oh remember like when Larkin hadn't signed yet and everybody like it's this isn't an actual story it's just you know people have to ask because he hasn't signed yet and then he, uh, Danielle Bruce says that he seems genuinely excited for a fresh start this season. He said he was impressed with Derek Lalonde and the message he's been able to send early on. And I think it was Carly Johnson who added on also and said that uh, what Dylan Larkin liked about Lalonde's message was it was simple and clear. And I think that's it. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about implications as to what that could mean with Blashill because I think that's unfair. But I think for the purposes with Derek alone, I think that that's a, something really early on that's really important is to be one to be on the same page with your captain. But if your captain is excited to have you on board, I think that's a pretty good sign early on that things are, I won't say click, I'm not going to read too much into it and be like, oh, it's going to be a great season. But if the captain's liking it and the captain seems like he's having fun and excited, that's a pretty good sign that 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 communication between them is already established. Yeah, I don't even know if it's necessarily like, uh, like yes, you're 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 right about everything, but I I yes, think I usually am. It's more so okay. Calm down. I think it's more so just like, uh, I think everybody was, I think the Blashill thing just ran its course. I think that's just all that really means is like the you know Blashill ran his course and like he was here and now he's not and. <clears throat> no hard feelings, but we need to see what new guys got because what you were doing wasn't working. So, like, I, I think there's just – he probably just has optimism and is just excited about being able to try something new with someone new because we, we kind of reached the ceiling, which was really not very high for being a ceiling, of what the last coach could do. Uh, Larkin said – that he feels great too after his core muscle surgery at the end of last season. That one comes from Carly Johnson, which is great mm -hmm. to hear. It looked like he was out there participating in full. So, I mean, that, that, that wasn't so much a question, but I know that sometimes with core muscle surgery, it takes longer, like there's lingering after effects yeah. in the healing process. So it's good to hear, hopefully that that's like the true, true answer or not. Like, uh, I'm just going to tell you, I feel good because I have to. <laughs> right. Yes. Correct. Um, Larkin also spoke on David Perron. He's hard to play against. He's a gamer. He's very, I can't hear the, I can't hear the word gamer anymore. And just like hear it literally, by the way, he's very <laughs> skilled. He wants the puck on his stick. I think he'll be a good, good for our younger players said he didn't like playing against him, tipped his hat off to Perron's playoff game, playoff gameplay. So, I mean, just more praise for the veteran David Perron coming in, who I think is going to slide right into that middle six and just be a killer piece to really bring up the production there. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't have too much to add there. hundred percent agree. Uh, Derek loaned on Dylan Larkin. We have a real captain said he reminds him of Stamkos impact in Tampa, all about details, the team and helps with everything on and off the ice. That one's from Brad Galley. And that's the second. So I also saw Danielle Bruce say the same thing about Lalonde that Lalonde had said Larkin's a real captain. And I think Danielle Bruce added on that communication. Lalonde emphasized that communication was key uh, between captain and coach which just furthers on that that communication and larkin's excitement leads me to believe that that they're on the same page at least this early on in the process again day one of training camp I, I will not stop stressing that enough that we cannot allow ourselves to buy into like you can allow yourself to buy in a little bit of hype because that's kind of the fun of training camp but don't go think don't go playing in the stanley cup parade yet but these are all reassuring well, things to read 
No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. There. Look, we're we're like part of the media. We're gonna talk about quotes. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. You you nailed it. Correct. I... <laughs> uh. When asked about if he had a moment to like reflect on the fact that he was a head coach, Derek Lalonde said that he didn't have time to like think about it or really let it sink in because he was just too busy making sure that the practice went off smooth, which feels like a very real thing that would happen. Like I I remember the first time, so I was an assistant coach for a house team one season and our head coach, those kids, I did too, to be honest. (laughs) Um, the head coach had to leave the tournament early because he had prior obligations as house hockey. So it's not like he was getting paid to do this. And he left me in charge at 18 during this tournament game. And it was the same thing. Like I didn't have time to worry about whether or not, and I'm not trying to say I'm comparing myself to Derek alone, but like you're, you're so you're so worried about making sure that you don't mess up and that things go smoothly. They don't have a second to go. Oh crap. I'm in charge. Like that's just, you're, you're, so inundated that your instincts just kind of come out. And I have a feeling that's probably something similar that happened alone is all those years of instincts kind of just came out trying to run a practice that maybe after he goes home and has a beer, he'll be like, Oh crap. It, I'm, I'm head coach. I think he, I think he even said, he's like, I probably won't even feel it until after my first win. I think that's what he said. He's like, I probably won't even like really get the feeling of like, wow, I'm a head coach in the NHL until after his first victory. So, um, let's see. Uh, Carly Johnson asking Horkoff on the goalie situation in Cosa. They have a decision to make Traverse city is the gauge and decide where is best for their development, turn them into starters in the NHL. And that takes time. So just more conversation on where Cosa could play and basically saying that Traverse city is going to be the, the litmus test for Cosa to see what he's ready for um, as a professional. He is going to be a professional but it's just what level. And I think we talked about that a bit on yesterday's episode. Yeah. Yeah, we did. I, I think the, I'm leaning Toledo. I, I think I'm leaning Toledo too. Like the starter at Toledo. I think that's, I think that's where I'm leaning, but we'll see. Agreed. Um, Let's get to this quote now. And this is where we're going to defy Derek Lalonde. We're going to rebel against him. So, of course, like everything that ever happens and players are on the ice, people are tweeting the line combinations. And uh, Derek Lalonde came out and said, don't think too much about the line combinations. They're going to change every day. And to that, I say, well, where's the fun in that? So we're going to microanalyze these line combinations (laughs) and tell you why we think Derek Lalonde is either right or wrong. Segment three of Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. No, we're not going to microanalyze the lines, but we will talk about them because they do provide some interesting, uh, interesting like in- looks at to what Lalonde's, Lalonde's initial thoughts on this roster makeup could be. Now, again, as he said, day one training camp. Don't want to think too heavily on it. Uh, let's get, you want to do the offense first. I think the defense is more interesting. I think yep. that's what people are going to be more interested in. Uh, Max Boltman tweeted that the lines were Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond, no brainer. Peron, Rasmussen, the Verana, Kubelik, Valeno, Smith, 
Ernie, Suter, and Zadina. Now, two addendums before we talk about it. Sunquist did not skate. He's dealing with a day-to-day thing. And Andrew Kopp is still recovering from surgery. So those two were not skating. So that obviously messed with the lines. And line, I don't think what Max Boltman tweeted in this order was necessarily the lines themselves. Lines Because line three was Kubelik, Valeno, and Smith. And line four was Ernie, Suter, and Zadina. My instinct would have that probably be switched in terms of depth. He probably just tweeted out the lines as he saw them. I don't actually know, though, because I wasn't there. Max Boltman was, but that's just my gut instinct. Now, what stands out to you, Scotty? And I'll throw these up just so that people just so people can see them. What what stands out to you immediately when you see these forward lines? Uh, Giovanni Smith, third line winger, baby. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> but I think besides that, uh, the thing that sticks out to me immediately is the centers just to down the board. I, I think that that's a pretty easy place to start. Larkin is obvious, but outside of that is, uh, is when you start having some interesting conversations or, I mean, I kind of like that second line and, and not that Rasmussen's going to fill up the back of the net, but the other two will. So like you can afford to have just big body, you know, biggest dude out there at center at, at, with that line and just kind of, you know, Rasmussen can just do the wreak havoc thing that, that maybe Burt does, but at the center position, like I, I really, and again, like cops going to be back and, and this, this line may never exist in the regular season, but I kind of mess with it. I kind of really like the, the, the idea, right? Uh, the execution we'll see, but I, I like the idea of that line in principle. I, I think that that's a, a pretty unique kind of combo there just with two great you know skill position goal scorers on the wings and then just like big body Rasmussen in the middle I I really like that one that that was the first thing that could have jumped out to me I, I agree with you man I, I think that Perron Rasmussen Verana now obviously like you said cop's gonna be back first week of the season For and sure. then that's gonna be your second line center without a doubt yep. but it's more about the fact that Lalonde is putting Rasmussen in that 2c spot rather than Suter or Valeno as if he maybe saw the second half of that season and watched Rasmussen come alive there and thinks, oh, well, maybe he has a little bit left in the tank. Now, Rasmussen down the down the line in that second half of that season played a mixture of wing and center, but he was on fire the entire time. So yeah, I like I the idea of giving Rasmussen that opportunity, especially with his size, because I haven't give, given up on that ninth round pick. I don't think he's going to be a goal scorer. But ninth I think overall, he, not ninth round. Yep. Ninth overall, yes. So I, I think that there's still a lot left to like about Rasmussen. I haven't given up on him by any stretch. I'm also interested in. So can I just really quickly, I I also just like involving Suter, just like the, you know, the opposite side of the coin there. We talked about Rasmussen. I think that the thing with Suter is that I think Suter is going to play with a lot of different people in camp and, and preseason because he's not the two C he is not going to be a top six center. It's not going to happen that that's Larkin and cop. And you're not going to put Suter on the wing because you need center depth. So I think with that, I think he's going to get a lot of looks with a lot of different dudes. And that the wingers, the combination of wingers at least, in lines three and four are so kind of, I mean, like up for grabs, honestly. Like some of them are, you know, jockeying for position and who's going to get more playing time and who's not. And I think part of that process is who plays the best with Pew Suter because I think he is a lock for 3C. So I think this is just the start. I fully expect Pew Suter to play with a boatload of people and different combinations and such. 
because they want to see who the best, what the best situation is going to be at that third line. So that's what, when I look at this, I don't see like, oh, Suter's at fourth line. That's weird. I don't care about that. I, I think because he's going to be the third line center when Cop is back. Like it, it's a, it, it's a guarantee. It's a lock. So I, I think that who, you know, he, like he played with Zadina today. How, how often is he going to play with Zadina? If that's a combination that works well in camp and in the preseason, Zadina might not be, end up being the the third line, you know, right side or whatever. So I really do think that 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 is more of what I'm looking at when it comes to to really all the centers and who they end up playing with is or, or that is what I'm looking. The centers is who they are playing with rather than like exactly what line they're on. See, I'm more interested in what's going to happen with Zadina this year. I think that's going to be a For narrative sure. that a lot of us are going to be closely following because I don't want Zadina on the fourth line. He's not built to be a fourth line player. He's at worst case a middle six forward. And I, I, I don't, I don't want him on wing with any other center. That's not Andrew cop or Pew Suter because I just, I don't know, man, he's, he's such a tough nut. We've talked about him so much because He's got, he does have the goal scoring ability, but he's actually got a pretty good playmaking ability as well. It gets overlooked because people are always looking for the point production, but he's a pretty good playmaker as well. well. So yeah. I it just, it's waiting for him to break out of his shell. And I just don't want him to get buried because his development has been so poorly mishandled thus far in his, his career that people at 22 years old are already writing him off as a bust. I mean, I've had moments where my faith has been waved has wavered. So I'm just, I'm really, really holding on hope that, you know, I just, I really want yeah, everyone is for sure. But I, again, like that's what makes this time of the year so fascinating is just yeah. taking a look at, at what the, the line combinations and such are going to be. Well, let's take a look at those defensive line combinations. Now that Max Boltman tweeted out, I'll give you a Chrome tab, but not the whole window. There we go. Uh, he says that it looks like Simon Edvinson was skating with Lindstrom today at, to open camp cider with Sherat Hronik with Olimata. Now, Honestly, this was less shocking than I think I was expecting. I don't know. I this is pretty much in line with what we were expecting, wasn't it? I mean, we we knew Edvinson and Sherat, or not Edvinson and Sherat, Cider and Sherat rather, were pretty much the top pair. The only question mark was who was going to play with Hronik on the second pair. Was it going to be Simon Edvinson or was it going to be Oli Mata? And the reason why we talked about Oli Mata being a good fit is because of the fact that Oli Mata is a good defensive defenseman, while Philip Hronik has that offensive capability. So Oli Mata could be his safety net to allow Horonic to play more his style. So see Simon Edmondson with Lindstrom isn't too surprising, but my only concern with that, Scotty, has to do with the combined experience of the two players. Yeah, but it's third line D or third pair D. Yeah. So like, I mean, are, are we really going to get hung up on, like, how much experience our third-line D-pair has? Like, you know, if it's a top prospect and somebody, I'm going to be pretty pumped about it. I mean, th this is – when looking at the pairings, you're right. Like, this is definitely – I mean, we – we the pretty I think the day Sherratt came on board, or very soon after, we were on the wave of, like, he's going to be at the top line with Sider. I think that's pretty safe to say that that's going to be the top-line D-pair there. And then Hironik and Mata, I think you said pretty quickly or pretty early on in the offseason after adding them too. Um, and then it, it all comes down to the third pair. And and Lindstrom is is likely gonna be one of them. And then we talked about in our in our season preview thing, you know, there's kind of a revolving door almost of like who 
who the other third pair is going to be. Like, it's mostly going to be Lindstrom, we think. But, like, after that, you know, who knows? And uh, I would love it to be out of Sin. Well, so Lindstrom's a pretty balanced defenseman. He's He went through some good patches and really rough patches last season. But yep. he's pretty balanced on both sides of the puck. He's a little bit more defensive-oriented, I would argue, because he doesn't put up a lot of points. But you're right. Putting him on the third pair isn't like that big. Like putting Simon Evanson on the third pair, Eisenman said that he wants him to get top six minutes from the back end which means just anywhere in those three pairs, as long as he's getting meaningful minutes, which would, you know, third pair minutes is still meaningful minutes at the NHL level. So that's still like, and you're putting them against the lesser, I don't want to say lesser because that's, I mean, there's still NHL caliber guys, but they're not going against first line guys if he's playing third pair to start out. So it's a good way to ease him into the game. So maybe my fear is a little bit, and again, you know what? Yeah, I'm being a little bit too paranoid because of the fact that, again, Lalone said himself, don't think too much into it. And Max Boltman reiterated, it's just day one of camp. So I'm not going to worry or fret too much about where Edmonton's placed. And also take a look at the fact that day one of training camp, Simon Edmonton's already paired up in the top six. Yeah. You know, he's already paired up in the top six over Osterle, over Robert Haig, over guys that, you know, they signed in the offseason to play more meaningful minutes. So even though it's just day one of training camp and they'll do lots of different line combinations, throughout progressions to try and figure out the best ones. The fact that day one, Simon Edmondson's already in that top six pairing, even, even albeit being bottom three, I think is pretty reassuring to see in terms of, you know, what, what is the perceived about Simon Edmondson at this point compared to his co- competition? For sure. I, I think a majority of what I will take out of camp and anything before day one of the regular season with Edmondson will come in preseason games. I, I think that's probably where absolutely a lot of our judgment should come. And I think that it is, well, I mean, objectively, that is where the front office's judgment is going to come on where he's going to play this year. But yeah, I, I'm interested to see who they, uh, you know, if he gets to pair with anybody fun for like a day or something. Like, I'm interested to see if they kind of move him around and, and have some fun with it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, in the end, again, I like I said, can't overemphasize enough how that is just day one of training camp. And yeah, we talked about it, and I probably was making some statements that made it seem like one thing or the other, but that's just not true. Like, things are going to change, and like you just said, Scotty, preseason is really where it's going to be at. But we had to talk about it. There was some fun stuff that came out of day one, especially that Soderblom stuff, man. That was great. Now we got a whole weekend of uh, of some more. We got more training camp ahead. Oh, man, we're going to have a lot to talk about come Monday because then we're going to have – at that point, three more days worth of content to talk about before when is when is officially the first preseason game? Let me look that up real quick. I don't have it off the top of my head because I'm a bad fan. Sorry, guys. Uh, the first preseason game is the 27th, so that's less than a week away. Less yeah, than a week from now, the preseason starts. Five days from now and four it's days Tuesday. from when that's the listeners. Are yeah, that's sick. We're gonna have literally two episodes next week before we have hockey. Before we have a game to break down. Preseason games are fun to break down too because it's, you know, oh, yeah. revolving door of prospects and actual NHL yeah. players. Analyzing, like, oh. you know, micro analyzing individual players. Not, you know, if you win or lose, who cares? Like, yeah. It's cool. Man, I'm just so excited. Can't wait. So excited. I love hockey. Any final thoughts, buddy? <laughs> 
Made me you think are. of that text you sent me a couple months ago. Um, <laughs> we ball. We ball. Uh, we <laughs> well, we'll be back on Monday with a new episode breaking down three more days of training camp. Same time, same place. Bet online. It's, it's been a while since you've done that. You've had bet online all week and you haven't done that. I know. I just remembered. Your team. Every day. Every day. <laughs>